Tuesday. Oh boy, we're at the station. What a week, huh? Uh, the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival happened. It was a grand success. And, uh, oof, getting back to normal. Decompressing, decompressing. We're going to have a call from Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, the mastermind behind shutting the street down. Man, I had a really good time. I had a really good day. It was really fun. There were over 40 comics. Uh, people walking by. It was a weird day because it was overcast all day, so it was perfect. So you could just stand there. No one got sunburned. I didn't. Uh, wasn't too hot. Wasn't too cold. Only two people F-bombed out. <laughs> Everyone else held it together. It was good. It was fun. I met a lot of great people last week from all over the country, and that was wonderful. And we had tons of shows and really strange and awesome venues, and everyone's happy every all the venues are happy people bought drinks bought food they made money uh, I believe mutiny radio actually turned a profit on this one which is exciting so thank you all those who came out I'm exceedingly high because I ba- I didn't I didn't bake for a week because uh, the festival and so I baked this morning. I actually started last night. I got home from Blarney Stone. Thanks, Kat Bignani, for running that, and husband Larry. And um, fun times out there. They held it open for me to the end. They asked the bartender, and that was really nice of them. So that happened. So that was last night. Yeah, oh, jeez, Pam. So I, I was taking the ride home with the amazing Lauren Kraut. Phenomenal. And uh, I got, and I told her, because it was her birthday last week, I was like, I'm a dick, I didn't make you anything, because I didn't have time, and I, usually I would make something special. So I made her some macadamia. And I, I think I think I overbaked him just a little. I was so worried about underbaking him, but with sticky buns, I should have known. <sighs> Anyways, they taste really good. I ate half of one, and I am, I had an existential conversation with myself on the bus, silently, of course, in my head. But I had to take off my mask at one point, my thing, because I was like, it was hard to breathe. But then I was like, it's the edible Pam. <laughs> I forgot. I was like, am I going to be okay? <laughs> Is my life going so well that I'm just going to die on the bus? That's what I was worried about. And then I was like, oh, shit. That's right. I ate half of a fresh edible. So today, so last night I got home and I took Gary out of the fridge and mixed him up. I still have to replenish him. I took half of him. I took half of Gary and I put him in a bowl and then I made him into a pouliche where you add more flour and more warm water and some sugar to make him real be alive. Woo! And let him bubble, bubble, bubble. And then I made him into a, a real loose wet dough because I knew I wanted to leave him out all night to, but I didn't want him to like bubble over. And I, anyways, I made the dough a little wet because I didn't want him to, to hydrate either, you know? But I didn't want to chill him out. I I wanted him to be alive. And then I overbaked him. I'm sorry, Gary. We'll see. It might have been the shape of the one I ate. It was crispy. It was delicious. But I don't know what's going to... Anyway, you know, baking. I think I just left them in three minutes too long. Uh, 
Uh, but anyway, so I proved him overnight, and this morning I woke up and I, you know, added some more flour because he was super wet, and then shaped him, let him prove again, baked him up, had the caramely insides, the macadamia nuts and the sugars and the butters. Anyways, sorry, I'm so hot. That's why I'm just like talking about the food. So I've got these sticky butts on. Because um, yay, Lauren Crown. We're going to have a call from Latoya the Sheriff of Truth at 1230. And um, I'm going to play a flat black plastic behind in the interim. But things are going like really well. Like, I mean, oof. I got my mojo back. I had a set last night at the Condor, the historic Carol Dota Condor in North Beach, uh, the very first topless bar in the United States. Can't remember if it was 1947 or 1952 that it was opened. I read the thing, but I just can't. Numbers plague me. Anyway, so I got to perform on the Condor stage, and I believe that... Um, Lenny Bruce also performed there back in the day. That's exciting. But there were um, strippers in the beginning, and they were just topless. It's like totally not a big deal. And it's just so funny. I'm like, free the nipple. But I learned something from them because they went up first. So they didn't take their clothes off for the whole first song. No, didn't show any boob at all for the whole first song. Right? And and then during the second song, they did they they took their tops off and they did, but they were doing some amazing things on the pole. I was like, oh my god, they're so strong, amazing, that's incredible. It was like um, being in Portland. <laughs> I was anyway. So they opened up and I realized I was like, ah, oh, okay, because I planned. I was like, I knew I was on this show at the Condor, and so when I left my house in the morning, I wanted to plan my outfit so that if I. What got the okay to take my, to to free the nipple? Uh, I was gonna do it, so I I asked the host, "Can I take off my shirt?" And they said, "Yeah, sure." And then I, I asked, I also asked the the manager, the strip club manager. I was like, "So I'm a comedian, but I was wondering if it's okay if I take my top off, like if there's anything weird, if that's okay." He's like, "It's never happened before, but I don't see why not." And then I was like, can I pussy pop it on a handstand? But then I'd have to put my feet on your mirror. And he's like, well, then we'd have to wash our mirror. And I was like, okay, I will not do that. But I thought about it. Uh, okay, so the story continues. I was toward the end of the show, which is great. I was like just, just over halfway and it was me. And I wore this outfit yesterday where... Uh, once I just had to take off this one piece and then it's like it looked it was really cool Let's just say that it was fucking awesome and it was perfect and I totally planned it out awesomely. Thank you <laughs> The costume the costuming on this one was perfect So I told them in the beginning I said if you clap enough and laugh enough at me I will take my top off and I will do jokes with my boobs out and people are like all right because they were a pretty cold crowd. They weren't they weren't laughing too hard. They weren't um, they weren't really getting it. And uh, I mean they were attentive, but they weren't like busting up, right? So I was like, if you don't laugh, I won't take my top off. And then, you know, I started in doing my jokes and I put my leg in the air, you know, and I like leaned against the pole and I did the splits at one point and I'm just like talking, being Pam. And I felt so comfortable and just like I was making eye contact with everybody and like everybody was on board with me. 
and it was a cordless mic and I love it. I love cordless mics. And so I was like walking around and doing all this stuff. And um, and then I then they were like, yeah, okay. They laughed enough. And so it was like halfway through my set and I took my top off and then I did jokes just with, I mean, I had the skirt and this, I mean, that was, you know, but with my, my boobs out in this cute little thing. And it was like, I didn't, I don't have a problem with that. And I could see in the mirror, I was like, I look pretty good. I look okay. This doesn't bother me at all. But I was like totally feeling myself. The crowd was absolutely feeling with me, feeling me. This guy's putting money on the stage. I made like six extra dollars. Yay. And this one girl is filming. And at the end of my set, I'm like, Hey, like you didn't ask consent to film. Like, I don't think you're allowed to film strippers. Please delete that. And then I'm like, blah, 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 whiskey dick for real. Okay. And everyone's laughing and laughing and laughing. Everybody loved me. Yay. Um, and then the, the security went. And so then he comes up to me and he talks to me, whispers in my ear. And he goes, um, I made her delete that, just so you know. And then the story comes up to me. He goes, what did the, what did the security say? I said, well, the girl who was filming me, they made, her, they made him delete it. And he was like, that's good. That's good. And I was like, yay. But I was, I'm so stoked because like... And there were comics there that, of course, I want to impress, you know? Yes. Like, I always want to impress Troy. I want, always, always, always. I think he's just the king of everything. He's so business savvy and so able to negotiate and be cool with everybody. He's always, he's always treated me with such respect. And I just love him. So hella funny for life. Um, but he's been giving me a lot of opportunity. And I, of course, <laughs> love that. But I want to, you know, when he gives me opportunity, I want to knock it out of the park. And last night, I knocked it out of the park. Like, I did my shaving joke. And, you know, it's... <laughs> and it, I think it's also because having a cordless mic, I can really, like, act out. And it was like the pole was there. And it was, like, in that setting. It's like, these, these are my people. And it was supposed to be a dirty show. And my jokes are, like, really dirty, <laughs> I guess. Or edgy or whatever. Anyways, I'm still kind of on it. Well, I'm high from the fucking edible. Woo. But I'm still on a high from last night because it was a really good set. So that was good. Uh, tonight I'm at Tope. And you can join us at OMG earlier if you want to. Two for one, Wells, and open mic. And then I'm going to go to Tope and be funny there. And then on Thursday I'm at Tommy T's and I'm headlining. I'll be fine. I can easily do that much time. I can easily do it. I've, like, I was so sad last night when I got the light. I was so, so sad. I felt like, oh, I'm cooking. And I wanted to keep going, and I got the light. And I knew. And they said 10 minutes, and I was like, I, that was 10. But it was one of those performance moments when I was so present and so there. And the people were digging me. And this is before I even took my shirt off. And I should remember this. I used to do this in poetry years and years ago at Amnesia when there was the red light open mic. And I was doing poetry. And there are funny poems and stuff, but it was before comedy. And I'd say, if I take my shirt off, will you guys listen to my poems? And they were like, yeah. And so I'd sit there in my bra and read poems. Because I'm fucking, they're listening, right? I mean, I'm bribing them with... And I think that's a feminist act. Like, I'm, I'm bribing them with flesh. <laughs> or embarrassment. I don't know. Like, I don't have a problem being in a bra. I don't have a problem taking my shirt off. I don't have a problem. Like, I don't want people to touch me or grope me in any way. But I don't have a... I'm not inviting that in any way. But 
I just don't see, I've, you know, it's that whole non-binary thing. I don't see why men can play shirts and skins and I can look at men and be like, whoa, <laughs> you know, but, um, but we have to like cover up because otherwise it invites, to, it's like, I don't know that the, the, like the super Jewish thing where they're like, you can't touch a woman because they're too powerful or something. It's like some sort of super feminism, anti-feminism. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about it to speak on it. Anyways, I'm off the rails. I'm going to stop talking because I did it for 12 minutes and that's a long time to talk about, to, to regale you with a tale of what happened to me last night. Now I took my shirt off. So, well, that's the other thing is that like... I got a compliment from a good friend and you know like that's cool too like you know I want to hear I I need affirmation too <laughs> I'm a delicate daffodil like but it was a good set regardless if my tits were out or not but even before my tits were out it was a good set even if I was bribing them with the idea of them being out Either way, it was a good set. And it's in a strip club. Where else do you get to do that? I can't do that anywhere else. That's not, that doesn't work. Like, so no, it's off my bucket list. Like I performed at the Condor on the main stage as a comedian uh, slash I burlesque and it wasn't dance. I was a comedian. I just happened to have my tits out, but of my own volition. Nobody asked me to do that. <laughs> that was all me. I'm the only one that would ever think of doing that, I think. I don't know. Maybe not. I just don't have any shame about that. So, and now everybody knows, like, Shameless Benjamin is back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is a problem. When good things happen to me, it's, like, too good. And then I just turn into a jerk because I'm so happy. Well, no, I guess it's good when I'm happy, but... Anyways, existential questions. I just don't want to be too happy because I don't want to look... I don't know, my ego. I can't understand it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Ah, it's tattooed on my arm. Like fucking memento over here. Okay. I'm going to play some flat black plastic from a couple weeks ago. Sheriff of Truth is going to call screaming into the void and I love it. Anyone's <laughs> listening to this? Cool. 415-550-0511. Don't, actually, don't call right now because I don't know which way the Sheriff of Truth is going to dial in if it'll be by phone and then a patch her into the... Don't lift the veil, Benjamin!
once by the Pacific. The shattered water made a misty din. Great waves looked over others coming in and thought of doing something to the shore that water never did to land before. The clouds were low and hairy in the skies, like locks blown forward in the gleam of eyes. You could not tell, and yet it looked as if the shore was lucky in being back by cliff, the cliff in being back by continent, and we stayed. by the Pacific, the shattered water made a misty din. Great waves looked over others coming in, and thought of doing something to the shore that water never did to land before. The clouds were low and hairy in the skies, like rocks blown forward in the gleam of eyes. on stone. almost the year 2000. To start the world road, we had one age of gold, not labored out of mines. And some say there are signs, the second such has come, the true millennium, the final golden glow to end it. And if so, science ought to know we well may raise our heads from weeding garden beds and annotating books to watch this end deluxe. Sarcastic science, she would like to know, in her complacent ministry of fear, how we propose to get away from here when she has made things so we have to go or be wiped out. Will she be asked to show us how by rocket we may hope to steer to some star off there, say a half-light year through temperature of absolute zero? Why wait for science to supply the how when any amateur can tell it now? The way to go away should be the same as 50 million years ago we came. If anyone remembers how that was, I have a theory, but it hardly does.
Also, I forgot to say thanks to Vinyl Originals on Fillmore for these records. A lot of them were a dollar, folks. If you want dollar records, get down there. They're not paying me to say this. MutinyRadio.fm Flat Black Plastic
I just want to say, man, that, uh, that a lot of... Uh, 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 just a second, Mr. Royce Clip. Uh, yeah. uh, let, let's try it again. Right, we'll just take it from this top end and just relax. Yeah, yeah, I know I know what I was going to say. Uh, okay, yeah. I'll, we'll just take it from Mr. Royce Clip. Okay, uh, ready? Right, when sure. I cue you. Sure. Looking out on the morning rain I used to feel so uninspired Yeah. 
proceed, go immediately to the free clinic. <laughs> hey, man, ain't that your old lady, man? <laughs> oh, uh, take it from me. <laughs> we got a soul brother here. He's a, a soul DJ. Come to us from Soul Station ASOL. <laughs> Would you please welcome the most right arm man in show business? Right arm. Right on Washington. That's what I said. Let the man grab the plans, they be singing home. But his hope was a rope, and he should have known. Everybody's misused him, ripped him off and abused him. Another junket plan. sing one part, join another. You all ready? Take a deep breath. <coughs> like these opera singers. I think I've told you many times about Madame Schumann Pike. She's giving one of her many farewell concert tours. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh,
Good crap. Hey, wow, man. What happened to your place, man? Looks like. Hey. Wow, what a mess. Hey, listen, man. The only reason I come over is can you sell me a couple of lids? Oh, what's the matter, man? series 10 years now and I've only played opposite three women a hatchet-faced sheriff's wife a chief's old squaw and that girl last episode who fled back to Philadelphia and became a nun which means found sand white eyes suddenly the masked rider thought he heard a sound in the distance wait a minute uh, I think I hear a sound in the distance oh ah, you're right Hit wagon train. Here it come now. Hmm, but I don't see anything. Take off mask, White Eyes. Hit all right. I know who you are. Oh, yes. There it is. I can see it now. <laughs> you look funny with white strip around eyes. Like negative raccoon. We'd better go down and investigate. Investigate? Me no savvy. What mean investigate? You see one wagon train, you see them all. But me go along. After all... Me paid to keep eye on you by parents at home in Oshkosh. Hmm. Oshkosh. Nice name. Me like. Indian name. 
Slurring his magnificent speed, the masked man sprang into action. Meanwhile below, the wagon train drove into a circle. Look out for that circle! Look, up on that ridge, an Indian with a masked man. Whoa! 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 Look, he's riding with a heathen Indian. Anyone who's riding with a heathen Indian has no religion. I'll get my gun. My noble steed. Oh, Trigger, rats. Trigger? Ah, you better wear hat in desert, Stone Ranger. Peace, brother. Look, funny hat, beard, must be hippies. You will rock and roll. Don't be silly, Pronto. They are obviously meth freaks. Huh? You are both wrong. We are religious freaks. We are of the mammon faith. You mean you go to Salt Lake City? No, that is another sect. We are going to Reno, there to erect a mammon temple. You mean you're... Yes, I am Getem Young. Ah, uh, me could think of better pun. Not on radio, you stupid in... Folks, this is Radio Phil. In a moment, my program. But first, a word from our sponsor. Brought to you by Degenerate Mill. Friends, have you tried corn fakes lately, folks? They're cornier than ever. And for a surprise, mix them with molasses for a real cornball dessert. Big job cotton swabs give your ears sex appeal no matter where you use them. Use this. Uh, no, your ear. Uh, uh, allow me. Oh. Uh, now, I love you. And I love you too, you itty bitty Scooby Doo. Oh, baby boo boo. Scooby Doo. Yes, big job cotton swabs give your ears sex appeal, no matter where you use them. Big beer. Drink big. Think big. Feel big. Drink pig. Get tanked. Put a pig in your tank. Gross out with pig beer. Hungry? How about a nice big lukewarm bowlful of tasteless garbage? Look good? Go ahead and try some. Taste good? You eat it every day. Folks, I'm Bob Crud, originator of the famous Tower Stores. Look for a Tower of Crud store in your area soon. Also, listen for our new radio show, The Tower of Crud Tower Hour. Come down soon. Makes your eyes red just thinking about them, huh? Okay, Bob, I'm gonna make a deal. I'll give you $50 
and 50 reds for your keys right now. Oh, take the red. No, I'll give you $1,000 in 50 reds. I went to hand. He was the hand. Okay, here we go. Now I must remind you that behind the other two doors are narcs. Okay, Bob, here we go. What will it be? Will it be door number one, door number two, or... Or what? Narcs. There's two narcs behind the other I'll take the bread, man. I'm sorry, Bob. It's too late. You have to choose. What will it be? One, two, or three? Number three. Four. No, no, Bob. There's only three. I know. You're nervous. Okay. One, two, or three? Two, one. Two, one. Oh, number three, man. Number three. One, two. Three, two,
Swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are you on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg The Whitewater Tyranny, Twitter and the Neoliberal Workplace. So, I've been off Twitter now for a month, the longest period in my life of me not using that site since I got my first smartphone in 2009 and started an incredible 13-year run of chatting absolute shite online. An astonishing achievement, even if I was forced to leave as a result of being banned for being beastly about that nice Mr. Putin. So, a month later, what are my thoughts? One of the things I've noticed most is how similar being on Twitter was to my last job before I went mad, caught Covid and became a crip. As you'll recall, I used to work in a call centre, and it sucked. And it especially sucked when our managers decided to outsource the work of the specialist department I used to work in to a centre in a country ran by a homophobic dictator because of his country's looser regulatory environment. Woo! Keep sponsoring those prides, guys! The new department I got moved to was busier, much busier, and suddenly I got the full experience of genuinely being battered by call after call after call. Where once I had had time to do all the admin that I was required to do for each customer without having to take myself off the phones, I now found myself trying to get it taken care of in the course of calls themselves to minimise my hold time all while giving the customer my full attention and having real conversations, obviously. It was stress of a kind I'd never experienced, and I've worked retail over Christmas. But the thing about a physical queue is that it has an end you can see. Even if more and more people keep joining it, you can work it down. 
all you see in a call center is a number. And that number rarely goes down. And it hardly ever reaches zero. Unless something's gone wrong. Oh. How we all used to pray things would go wrong. Of course, the customer doesn't see this side of the affair. All they hear is the hold music, constantly interrupted by recorded declarations that your call is important to us, reminders that you are 89th in the queue, and constant patronising interjections that this is so much easier to do online. It's no wonder that even the nicest customers were a little tetchy by the time they got through to a human. But let's be honest, this is Britain. Nice customers were rare. More common by far were angry, lazy, judgmental scum who more often than not just wanted someone to shout at to make them feel better about their own mistakes. Their own inability to remember that some places are shut on bank holidays, that debts generally have to be paid, that it doesn't matter how much money they have in their bank account, we could not, in fact, do things for them which were illegal and certainly couldn't agree to do that kind of thing on the phone. If you've worked in one of these places, you know the kind of thing, and the vitriol that results when you tell these entitled creeps no. And how did I choose to spend my lunch times and the 50-minute breaks I was lucky to work enough hours to qualify for? I spent them browsing Twitter. I mean, not the whole time. During lunch, I'd usually do a little reading, whether on break or lunch, I'd usually have to piss. But like most of us these days, I would scroll on the toilet, and there were always notifications coming in, replies, retweets, and likes. I would sit by the canteen window, my lunch on the bar, a book in my hand, my phone laid to one side, but within easy reach like an ashtray, and every now and then it would vibrate. And because I was a trans woman on Twitter, the replies I got were often every bit as vicious, as vituperative, as vile as the abuse I would receive from angry customers. I'm not saying